Imagine having a father who you trusted, dedicated your life to, and shared some of the most important years of your life's development, only to find out that he was fake the whole time. Imagine how devastated you would be if that same father told you that there was no place found for you where you had faithfully served with blood, sweat, and tears for seven years, only to have some of your deepest dreams dashed against the rocks. I'm Norman Brown, and I'm the author of the book entitled Among the Wolves. For seven years, I endured one of the toughest training periods of my life. Ironically, it wasn't until it was over that I realized what happened during that time. And that is what I felt when I discovered that I had been in a false prophet's domain. Or, in other words, I was among the wolves. Among the wolves will challenge you to see when you have encountered a false prophet, false doctrine, or just plain error. It exposes some of the most prominent cults that exist in the world today, and by the Holy Spirit, it will bring you to a place of healing and forgiveness. Among the Wolves is available on Amazon.com for the Kindle app, which may be downloaded on almost all electronic devices. My prayer is that you will find freedom from bitterness, hate, anger, and unbelief as you read this book. Get your copy today. Welcome to the New Numa Godcast, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Uh, I'm your host, as you already know, Norman Brown, a.k.a. Norm the Professor, and I'm here today with my friend and brother, Chris Petrot. He's in the building. Come What's on, going man. on, Chris? Doing good, man. Excited about the time we're living in and the connections that are happening in my beloved DMV in Baltimore and... Just excited to see the kingdom growing, man. It's an awesome time to be alive. No doubt, man. I feel the same way. And, you know, um, it was about, what, three years ago that we met? Yes. Yeah. Yes. At uh, church, church at Baltimore. Baltimore. I think I was preaching one Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So those and, are good people. Yeah, man, exactly. Um, it's kind of funny how, like, when you meet people, Certain people, when you meet them, you know they stand out from others. Yeah, it's yeah. like they just, it's just something about mm -hmm. them that they are highlighted to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so for me, that day when you came there and you ministered, I was like, man, I need to link up with him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I felt a kindred spirit with Absolutely. you, you know what I'm saying? And um, and I'm always curious, like, when a person meets me, like, whoa, what are they thinking? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was interesting when I, when I, when I, I remember preaching and I just remember that you know, you could tell the people in the room that are getting it. Mm -hmm. And you could tell the people in the room that are you know, getting challenged by your message. And I definitely felt like the wheels were turning and counter was happening for you. But then I felt like there was something on your life as far as leadership and bridge building. And so I remember God gave me that word to really also like, this is a brother you want to link up. So, you know, normally I don't give my phone and all that yeah, other stuff uh -huh. right away unless I hear a prompting from the Spirit. So I, I definitely, I think... Uh, leadership seeps off you, man, and, and, and the things that you're doing and, and favor, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was just kind of like, yo, we definitely got to link up. We're from the same tribe, man. You no know, doubt. No like, doubt, man. So <laughs> let me tell you something, man. I have, like, I've been around a lot of different people. I don't talk about this normally, yeah. but, like, I've been around a lot of different types of people who some are, you know, doing some things that's very much out in the you know, I guess you could say limelight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, they, yeah. they just known or whatever. But then I've been around people who are more low-key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it's like, um, 
coming from a place where I was around people that were very much out there, yeah. um, God had it, he kind of like changed my focus of like how he was going to bring certain people to the forefront. Yeah, yeah. He was going to raise them up where they weren't being seen. And mm-hmm. back in like, this was back in the nineties, man. Yeah. And the Lord, the word that the Lord gave me was the people that are out front were like John the Baptist. Yeah, exactly. They were preparing a way exactly. for the ones that was coming after, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I felt like um, there was something about um, the nineties, yeah. specifically between 92 and 99. Mm-hmm. I felt like God was really grabbing a hold of a certain group of people and he was starting to stir up in their hearts something for the kingdom of God where even if let's say they had been in the you know things of God and then they strayed away or maybe they had never been in the things of God and then God just started to get them and he was like hey you come in here we gotta get you in the kingdom we gotta get you discipled and all that because you got a work to do and it just feels like like he he was just showing me that certain types of people Mm -hmm. that he was raising up for that specific Mm -hmm. thing and that specific time man but you know um and i feel like when i met you Mm -hmm. i felt like you were one of those kind of people you know what i'm saying and it's like and i don't know if you've ever felt this way man Mm -hmm. but like you know how it is being on the, what I call the backside of the desert. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where you feel like you you don't you don't know what God is yeah. doing. Yeah. You're like, okay, Lord, um, I mean, I'm serving you. Yeah. I'm doing everything I know to do mm-hmm. or whatever. But, you know, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Hey, how you ever felt like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, I mean, I think one of the things is, um, I think people need to know, like, I, what, what you see now in me is, is I've, I've been discipled. I've gone through a lot of healing, but I'm, I, I was just a hood revivalist is the only thing I could tell you. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, that meant I needed rap at all my, you know, times I'm preaching yeah. or hip hop or whatever. I needed break dancers. Mm-hmm. No, it was just I felt like I represented uh, I, re- I was a representative of, of the streets mm-hmm. in a sense of like, yo, yo, who's coming out for these guys? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so in the 90s, it's funny because my frustration and was I loved the Vineyard movement. I loved the Morningstar movement. I loved all these guys, but there was no one that looked like me. Mm-hmm. As of back then, there was maybe a couple. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like, okay, Lord, like what? You know, I, I, I and so I would be like intentionally, I don't want to be in the limelight because I don't want to be a quota. Yeah. I don't want to uh-huh. be, you know, I've been in green rooms where they're discussing conferences and they're like, hey, we need a little color mm-hmm. and, and all that, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, then you're yeah. just kind of like, the, 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 you know, you're, you're the token guy in a yeah. sense. They, you know, and I, and so for me, it was kind of like, no, I want to be in relationship. I want people to actually know what I carry and are comfortable mm-hmm. me coming and releasing who I am yeah. um, because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to change for nothing, you know, yeah, like, exactly. like I'm going to be the person that I'm called to be. So a lot of times I didn't see uh, people look like, mm-hmm. you know, yep. myself and, 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 and then I would see my friends get saved and some of the heartaches like from the streets that they would be was like, yo, man, you come in and and it's like Whiteville, you yeah, know, exactly. And so some of the ones that were able to be discipled and matured and like teach on anointing. And I think some of the earlier things I had to do was, hey, let's teach anointing. Mm-hmm. You feel this on this guy? Let's honor that. And, and at times I would be so frustrated. Mm-hmm. So so here's my here, here's a story. Got married at 2000. It was a millennial wedding, and 
And I've been out of, like, I've been kind of just burnt with the whole revival scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the charismatics. And I was like, man, there's nothing like, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, like, back in the 90s, man, we were getting zapped, electrocuted in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like this amazing time of what the Lord was doing. There was two major revivals in the 90s. There was, mm -hmm. you know, the Brownsville that, that came yeah. off the backs of the South, South Florida outpouring. Mm -hmm. And then there was the Toronto blessing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Then there was what God was percolating in Morningstar. So we were all like, you know, and so there was always like this presence of God that was happening. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, 2000, I got a little jaded and I was like, I just don't find my tribe. Yeah. And so I, my, my in-laws were like, hey, we got a conference. We're going to this thing called Firestorm. Can you come to Life Center? Mm. So I was like, okay. Yeah, man, I'm all about the, you know. And I, as instantly I walked in, I was like, I felt out of place. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, what's going on? Now, they had yeah. an amazing worship. Mm -hmm. They had smoke machine that, that was going. They had lyrics on screens, but they like they were singing the river of God yeah. that actually show like a movie oh, of a person right. rafting uh -huh. in a river. And it was kind of like cool, but oh, yeah. that was ADHD. So it was yeah. like amazing. Yeah. But like, I would say maybe 70% of the room, maybe even 75 was white. Yeah. And I just kind of felt like, Oh, this, like, where are my people? Like, yeah. What's wrong? Like, where are my people yeah. at? You know? And, I, yeah. and, um, then this man by the name of James Gall, who I love now, and, and I think he's amazing, and mm -hmm. I actually know him, and uh, he was the speaker. And mm -hmm. I was, you know, so this guy starts preaching, and, and all of a sudden he's like, ha, 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 and jumping over <laughs> chairs, and people are falling out. And uh -huh. I'm used to people falling out, but it was kind of yeah, like, yeah. I was from a Pentecostal background, uh -huh. so it was like, man, the man of God put his hands on yeah, your head and uh -huh. boom you fall out this guy was just like laughing and touching and blowing kisses yeah. and then when the people would fall out he would get their socks and twirl them off their feet hmm. so I was like nah man I got some $400 pair of J's yeah. on my feet I, I wore my best shoes to this conference I was like that, about, that so I ran from him almost like the whole service and when he came to my section I went to the other side I was like this man's not taking my shoes off someone's gonna steal them like you know I was on a whole nother mindset and that night, you know, he started, you know, he was preaching about heaven and he was doing a tour of heaven and there was a, the, the place in heaven where there's body parts. And I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> well, you know, it made sense. Yeah, you know, God uh -huh. sends body parts for healings yeah, and all that. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, I'm down with all that now. Yeah. But back then I was like, this is my introduction to charismatic renewal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this, this is not it. Mm -hmm. This at this time when I went to this conference, also I'll, I'll let you know that my wife was six months pregnant. Okay. So I was kind of like, all right, Lord, you know, went back to the hotel and my wife sees like, I'm just disappointed. And I'm actually more depressed than I was when I yeah, went there. Uh -huh. And um, my father-in-law was just a great man. And he came and goes, Chris, listen, tomorrow we'll go to the morning session in the breakout room, which was a theater at, at Life Center. And he goes, there's a man by the name of Lou Angle. I want you to hear him. And if you don't like it, we'll just go home afterwards. Mm -hmm. I said, Dad, no, I'll stay. And I was like, no, you know, and he was real gentle. He said, no, I understand, man. You know, things are. So, um, so we go to that morning, we wake up, we go and, and um, I was in the thunder room, bro. And Lou starts to speak and my whole spirit starts to quiver. Hmm. And he starts talking about abortion. 
And he starts talking about like these things that, you know, God was doing and the call and all this mm. other stuff. Mm. And all of a sudden my spirit just started to stir and I started to weep. Mm. And I felt like I just connected with his passion yeah. and his heart. And I was just like, oh my God, like no way, mm. you know? And, um, and then my son, so little backstory, we knew that we were having a boy. Mm -hmm. And we knew we were going to call him Josiah. Mm -hmm. Reason why is because Josiah is builder of new things. Yeah. Uh, keeper of the flame, builder of new things. That's the meaning of Josiah. Mm -hmm. My grandfather committed suicide. My great-great-grandfather wow. committed suicide. My great-great-great-grandfather committed wow. suicide. My great-uncles and all them, they died in the sale asylums. We felt like the curse was broken with me yeah. because of salvation and the blood of Jesus on my life. Mm -hmm. And we knew that our next son was going to be the builder of a new thing. Mm. Man, Lou Angle starts going into his preaching thing, and then he goes, you know what this generation needs? It needs the Josiahs to come forth. <laughs> Norman, I want to tell you, I got Woo! hit by lightning. I fell on the floor and just weeping, mm. weeping, weeping. Imagine. My Josiah in my wife's womb just started to leap and bound. I was just seeing her belly just go like wow. that. And I'm just looking. My my grand my father-in-law, we were just my mother-in-law, we were just like, mm. oh my God. And and then I got off off the floor. I said, I am following that man. Mm. Whatever he wants to do. And I did. I, he did a bunch of call, uh, rumbles, conferences. I went to all the calls or, or live streamed them. Mm -hmm. I prayed for the ending of abortion. Mm -hmm. I never met Lou. I've met him a couple times now. And I never was like trying to be in his inner circle mm -hmm. because I was just really careful of expectation in my heart. Yeah. But that's what introduced me to now what was the call. The call introduced me to Jesus culture. Then Jesus mm -hmm. culture introduced me to Bethel. Then mm -hmm. I started to get into all that swirl yeah. and started to realize, man, you know, like these guys are my people. Yeah. And I said, but God, why is everyone white? Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, because you haven't walked into the maturity of what you're bringing to the table. Hmm. Wow. And I said, hmm. oh, no. Nah. I don't want to be in the limelight. And then he goes, if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? Hmm. Challenging me. Now, God obviously has other people. Yeah, like I believe course. you're a bridge builder for that. Hmm. Um, you know, I saw some of the amazing people that you have on your radio, on, on this radio show. And I'm like, you're doing that, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, and so then all of a sudden I go down this journey where <laughs> in my heart I'm feeling like, oh, Lord, like, Father, like, keep me humble. Because I don't want to be just a pulpit guy. I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a, not a pulpit guy, um, but a, a itinerant guy. I don't yeah. want to just be in conferences and all that. I believe mm -hmm. in building sons and daughters. I believe yeah. in having a place for them, you know, where, where mm -hmm. dad can be home, where mom yes. can be home. I, I want to see them do more than myself, mm -hmm. you know. And then, you know, Bill Johnson puts it beautifully, like, let our ceiling in the ministry be their floor or yeah. our history with yeah. God. You know, you, you start to see all that and you're like, yes, that's what it is. And, and, but, you know, it's not modeled in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, we had fathers, God, for, God, you know, God um, forgive them and, 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 and he understands them, but they would compete with our, with our yeah. anointing. Uh -huh. And there yes. was jealousy and then there yes. was control. Wow. And then it was just mm -hmm. kind of like you had to go through more hoops than legions. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. To get to a, a, a place where you could release your giftings and learn how to make mistakes and all that yeah. other stuff. And so, you know, so we start, so I started to realize now, like we have to be a father that is connected to our children's turn your hearts, you know, fathers turn your hearts. It's not the kids perform. 
form for sonship. And then, you know, they, you turn your hearts because they're, they have something to give. Yeah. So I started yeah. to just see that. Wow. Um, and, and, I, and as I was just growing and maturing, um, I started to realize, like, Lord, like, man, you know, like, my God, like, we need to, we, we need to pray and really consider being these fathers and mothers that are willing to sacrifice the itinerant lifestyle. Or the, you know, the, the, the famous, you know, what do I call it? Uh, 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 the, the, the Hollywood revivalists, you know what I'm saying? Out mm. there. And I don't have anything against that. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. But out there where it's just like you just see giftings and giftings mm. and giftings and giftings. Well, what are they producing? Yeah. You know? And impartations and all that. And that's, and that's good. Don't get me wrong. If that's what they're called to do, if they're yeah. an eye or, a, or the feet of the body of Christ, let them go and do that. But who's mm. going to stay and just be like, hey... I have, you know, son, come. Yeah. Let's pray for you. Daughter, let's pray for you. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 let you launch your wings out here. Yeah, let's make it a safe place if you're called to prophesy to prophesy. Mm -hmm. You know, where well, you can make mistakes and you can still yeah. prophesy. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we started to see I started to see the benefits of that. But at the same time, man, I I did not know that God was going to use me to be as itinerant as I am mm -hmm. because in a sense, I like it when he, I know it's not by anything I do. My social media is mm -hmm. horrible. Yeah. But it's the favor of the Lord. And as long as that's happening, I know that this message of building a bridge, I know of this message of intentionality. This is the season of intentionality. Listen, I, I, mean, I you know, even some of my earlier things that I was all out about abortion have changed. Not to say that I am not a pro-lifer, but mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a different strategy. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, for me, abortion in this country yeah. is just a symptom of a dip deeper root. Yeah. Mm hmm and that root is racism. Mm -hmm. The root is we're not having the right conversations. There's systemic issues that, that, that have been at play here. And we have to acknowledge it. And we have to have the conversations. And we have to see who's gotten hurt. And it can't just be another like my people. On behalf of my people, we apologize. No, it has to be yeah. now relational. Yeah. It has to now be like, hey, listen, I need to hear your story. And, and from both ends. Yeah. It's not a black and white thing. Racism mm -hmm. is not a black and white thing. It's yeah. a spirit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But in this country, there are some things that we have to deal with. Like, for instance, I have in my ministry over 100 women, inner city young ladies that I have personally had to help out because they've gotten abortions. Mm. Either through counseling, through reconciliation, inner healing, or whatever mm. the case is. And so abortion in my, in what I have seen, mm. um, it, 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 you know, it is what Planned Parenthood's original thing was supposed to be. And that was a systemic way, a way to populate black and Latino kids. Mm -hmm. And it's only been in the inner, in the inner cities yep. that, that are covered in them uh, as opposed to urban. Mm -hmm. it, 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 yeah, of course, we know all people are getting abortions, but the rate of black yeah. and Latinos is yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. we, there's an issue in this country if we can't acknowledge that. Yeah. If you think Margaret, uh, shoot, her last name escapes me. Is it Thatcher? Th uh, well, Margaret Thatcher is in England, but... No, no, not Thatcher, no. The okay. Margaret uh, Sanger or something like that. I don't know. The lady that founded okay. Plant Board... Uh, yeah, Parent. I don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She, she was a populist. She was a racist. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so in a sense, she used it as a way to control. Look it mm -hmm. up. And this is what we're glorifying now. Yeah. So there's something going on here mm -hmm. that's bigger. So that my whole thing is like the, the, the you know, you, you have to learn to deal with the root of an issue. Mm -hmm. The church is uncomfortable talking about 
racism. Exactly. And a lot of it is because they don't invite Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to join with them, to show them their hearts, to deal with little traumas, little mm -hmm. stereotypes, uh, prejudice in our hearts. We don't search it. And I'll be honest, as a Latino man, I have to search my heart every day. Mm -hmm. There is some, you know, because there are yeah. things, there's mindsets that I have yeah. growing up as a Latino man. Mm -hmm. You know, there's mindsets that I have that are good and there's mindsets that I have that are bad. For instance, for police officers, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Hey, oh, to be honest, with you guys my white brothers and sisters need to understand as a revivalist yeah. who's been married for 19 years has four beautiful kids going after the presence of god when a police officer when a police officer you know uh pulls me over yeah i'm still scared yeah am i gonna live or die uh-huh <laughs> mm-hmm i feel you man you know and so can we be there. sensitive to hear that story exactly. i'm not a thug I'm not a bad person in society, you know, and I, I, and so there's these things that I started to find out. I started to realize that also we make abortion a woman thing. Yeah. It's not a woman's it's thing. It's not, yeah. The abortions that I had to deal with again, inner city, 13, 14 year old girls with no fathers at home. Mm hmm open their legs for some sort of affection, for some sort of affirmation, yeah. for some sort of compliment. They yeah. get pregnant. Most likely it's 17, 18, 19-year-old men, yeah. you know, teenagers, mm -hmm. you know. And I've seen it where they throw $300 at their face and say, you better get an abortion. I'm not ready to be a dad. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. You understand? And then these young ladies get hurt and they get bruised because they realize they were just used. Yeah. You know, and we've been doing it even in biblical times. You know, when Jesus, when the, when the woman um, caught in an affair was brought to Jesus, mm -hmm. why was the woman brought to exactly. Jesus by the religious not, figures, not, not the, the man. man? Exactly. We do this yes. to our women and then we wonder why there's a feminist movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with the feminist yeah. movement, but I understand why it's there. Exactly. Because we're not willing to humble ourselves. If my people would humble ourselves and pray, you know, like if we would just humble ourselves as men and say, you know what, we are so sorry that you had to carry that and, 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 and we're going to do better. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, we, we're going to challenge the church with pornography, you know, to have holy eyes. We're going to do this. We're going to we're going to raise our daughters. Like right now, I have one daughter. I love her. Beautiful Bella. She's my youngest. I date my daughter. Fathers, date your daughters. I'm taking her out. Ice cream yesterday. She 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 wanted a she wanted ice cream. I wanted special time. We made it special. Mm -hmm. Cost me five dollars, my friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I take her to nice restaurants at times. I take her to go get some pub pizza. Whatever it is, I'm there. I take her to Marshalls and like I take her to you know Macy's. I'm doing mm -hmm. these things now because as a father, I want her to know that whoever's called to be her husband has to be better than me yeah. because she has self-worth. She mm -hmm. has the compliments of her father. She has his affection. And most importantly, she has his attention. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and that's so important right now. If we're going to change this whole thing up, this, my daughter's not going to grow up and all of a sudden be indoctrinated that masculinity is not fair. Yeah. And it's evil. No, yeah. no, no. God made us masculine for a reason. Yeah. There, you know, we are men for a reason. Unfortunately, you don't want to hear it, but we're the head for a reason. Yes. But we can't do what women do. Yep. We need to value them and allow them to co-lead with us and have our heart in everything we do. Mm -hmm. You know, very rarely do I stray away from my wife's heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
(laughs) because she is a strong woman. I married a very strong woman. I'm happy. I'm excited about that. But but again, it's changing this whole thing. Are we going to be responsible in the church to be like, you know what? (laughs) We just did what the Pharisees did. We just threw the woman to get to. And and if Jesus, you know, if she got stoned, it would have been right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what? Where's the man? Where's no the man? Consequences. No yeah. consequences. Yeah. And again, I'm not here to beat up men. I'm yeah, just saying, as course. men, let's take it. Mm-hmm. You know, the best thing I can do as a father is mess up in front of my kids and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a deep. You know, so right there. so for mm-hmm. me, I, I'm I'm I've been in this place of like, man, families is 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 the government of God. Relationships mm-hmm. is what bonds us together. At the same time, it's like pure and spotless like what does that mean Norman he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride Mm -hmm. man you know are we united are we unified Mm -hmm. you know are we really coming together you know I think I think you know um, um, Rick Joyner wrote a book called The Final Quest and he had this whole thing I don't know if you've ever read it but he had this whole thing of like Christians going up a mountain okay and the Christians that were further ahead uh, there were Christians that were lower that were jealous of them mm-hmm. and I, I'm just paraphrasing it so they would get arrows of jealousy and strike the people that were on top mm-hmm. on the back you yeah. know and it was kind of like the whole crab in a boiling yeah, uh-huh. hot concept you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. like no you know I'm gonna pull you down you can't you know we're not gonna do that and I think because we're beating ourselves up mm-hmm. a little too much we've kind of lacked power but at, on the same side I'm not all bad news I see the hearts changing I do see the conversation starting to increase mm-hmm. I do see us hey let's deal with this I I think if we deal with racism and and in this country because yeah, all over the uh-huh. world it's different exactly. but I, I think I think I think we can deal with the LGBTQ. Yeah. They, they keep adding letters, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused. I think we can deal with homosexuality, yeah. and, and a lot of this is identity and, and the man's you know role in, in, in the home. I don't put it all on on men, yeah. but I think it's it's got to start there if we're called to be the head. You know, I agree, man. And, and 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 that and that capacity. You know, so for me, it's like I'm not going to be thrown into this book as this you know you know, uh, misogynist dude, you know, guy that, you know, no, my wife has a platform. I go to a church where women preach on the pulpit. I believe women preachers. I believe there should be teachers. I have no problem submitting to a woman. She can Mm -hmm. be my boss. I submit Mm -hmm. to one right now, you know, and I love, I, I, it's not about that, but at the same time, there's God's ordained order of family. Exactly. All right. And it's Mm -hmm. been corrupted because the enemy has had his way. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can't have the same divorce rate as the world and be successful in family. Yeah, exactly. Can't do that. So a lot of what I, I, I feel like where I'm at in life is I do feel like that call to family to build a bridge, especially in the inner city. Mm-hmm. What can heal systemic racism? Jesus. Yes. And we need to hear from him. Okay. What can deal? I, I, you know, yes, having intentionality. Going out to have a meal, hearing your story today in dinner, mm-hmm. and being like, "Whoa, that is a lot!" Like, and, but there's a compassion in my heart, but there's an excitement that God broke through you as a vessel, and you look at all the stuff that you have now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff is like, can we hear the stories? Yeah. You know, before Jesus did a lot of his miracles, he always found out what the story was mm-hmm. yeah. because he was moved to compassion, and I think we need to be compassionate. 
Not be yes. moved by emotions, but understanding. And hey, this is your story. This is what you're happening. Because I think the other thing is we're going strictly emotional on a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's slowing the process on that end as well. Yeah. So it's like a, it is a narrow road of what we're talking, you know, talking about dealing mm-hmm. with. But I think my, my views on abortion is like, I, I, I feel like there is going to be a revival that ends abortion. Mm-hmm. I do believe that legal abortion is going to end in this country. Yeah. I pray that it does. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm with all that. The pro- the thing that I want to focus on is, is us as men. We can't do this to another generation of young ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't. Yeah. Can't if we want to see the divorce rate get better. Mm-hmm. You know? And so those are some of the things. Let's have the real conversation. The root of this whole thing has always been about people's uncomfortable uh, ways of looking at each other. I agree, man. Um, you know, so that makes me think about, you know, um, what I normally like to talk about with people is where they came from, how, how it was for them, um, you know, growing up, childhood, stuff like that. So so what what was it like for you as mm-hmm. a child? I mean, you're, you're from D.C., right? I'm from or, the DMV area, okay. yes, yes. All right. I was so, born in D.C., but I lived in the DMV. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. So tell us, tell me a little bit about, you know, that background. Yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing. Um, it's interesting. I always kind of just say my story is kind of like Romeo and Juliet hmm. uh, with my parents. And, and uh, my father is about eight, nine years older than my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, he came over here in the 70s for work with his dad, my grandfather, and they got into the hotel, uh, not ho- yeah, hotel business, the restaurant business, mm-hmm. um, and um, and uh, my dad met, you know, met a my uncle who's my mom's older brother, mm-hmm. and they ran a Peruvian club in Seven Corners, Virginia. Oh, okay. And uh, and the story is, and again, I've had to piece this about twenty five years of story, yeah. but the the whole thing was my mom, my dad had an older sister. Mm-hmm who's actually my godmother, <laughs> but she, uh, my aunt, my godmother, who won Miss Peru. Okay. So Miss Peru, Miss Peru Beach. So it wasn't yeah. like the, the state. Not it was the like, like the beach, the, lo- yeah. the local beach, mm-hmm. which is a big thing in South America, in Peru. And mm-hmm. so she was the winner of one, you know, so she was the winner, of, I think like 1969 or something like that. Oh, okay. So, and my dad was there, so they were running it. Um, my father's never confessed to me illegal activity, but I kind of just feel like there was illegal activity. And, um, you know, you're running a nightclub, you, mm-hmm. you're part of a salsa orchestra, you know, they're living that life, you know, uh, in, in the mid 70s. And um, so he was popular there because his mom, his, my older, his older sister, mm-hmm. my aunt, my godmother, aunt, mm-hmm. um, was the talk of the club. Mm-hmm. Well, then my mom, when she was 18, she wins Miss Peru Beach, but she's 1974, 75 or something okay. like that. And then she comes to from Peru to Virginia, mm-hmm. and my uncle, his, his her brother, introduced her to my dad. Okay. They fall in love. Now, I guess she's the talk of the town. Because mm-hmm. she's Miss Peru Beach yeah. later. Yeah. So there's a jealousy thing there. Oh, okay. That plays a factor. <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, uh, a year later, I guess I was a honeymoon baby. They got married. And then I got, uh, nine months later, I, you know, 
you know, at 19 years old, she had me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my other uncle, who was we didn't know it was undercover police officer for Northern oh, wow. Virginia, he would he would uh, investigate and uh, put a lot of my dad's friends in jail. Hmm. And we're talking, you know, this is our, you know, late seventies, cocaine's in the picture, wow, yeah. starting to come into Miami, stuff like that. It's the early years of, mm-hmm. of cocaine, mm-hmm. and so. What my mom did was she knew my dad would do illegal activities, so so my my mom chose my uncle, who's undercover cop, to be my godfather. Oh, okay. All right. So I'll, <laughs> and then my dad chose my older, uh, his older sister, mm-hmm. that one Miss Peru, to be my godmother as a peace offering to stop hating on my mom. Okay. So I was like this peace child. <laughs> I almost feel like there could the next gangster flick could be about my life, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you gotta understand yeah, the tension. Yeah, I see. So yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's this relationship. It's you know, my dad's an alcoholic, my mom's an alcoholic. Mm. We are living in you know Rockville, Maryland, in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, and and we were like the token Latino family. It was funny. There were four Latino families. Three of them were from Peru, and one was Mexican. And mm. it was just crazy. So that, that plays a role. One of the Peruvian families moved out after a year. Okay. So, you know, again, <laughs> we're in this. I'm in this culture. I've seen my dad do some crazy things, like beat some guys down to a bloody pulp. Mm. You're just putting yeah. things in th- t- things together. His friends are getting arrested, yeah. but my dad never gets arrested. Uh-huh. I think a lot of it, my mom was just like... You can't put your godson's yeah. dad in jail. Uh, you know, when my aunt would misbehave with my mom, she made it, ter- you know, horrible for her in those days. You know, he was like, hey, treat your godson's, mo- you know, mom with more respect. <laughs> so I'm kind of put yeah. in the middle of this yeah. whole thing. Um, and finally, at like, I think like six years old, um, um, that Peruvian family that left mm-hmm. came back on a Sunday morning. My parents are hung over on alcohol and it's like, can I take your kids to church? And my mom was like, sure, take them. They don't need to see this. And so we started to go to a charismatic Baptist church hmm. in wow. Montgomery County. Um, okay. And um, it was in, it was in uh, Twinbrook, the next town over. And after two or three weeks, you know, we were going there for like three weeks. And the lady that took us was like, show your mom your Sunday school work. Hmm. So this is still early 80s, and this is all like felt, you know, stuff or whatever, Jesus. And and so we would show them, and we'd explain the stories. Three weeks later, my mom comes to church, uh, hungover, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, and never drinks again. Wow. And she becomes this amazing, powerful intercessor. Wow. My dad, it took a couple of years after that. It took like maybe eight, nine years, to be honest, for him to come around. Because he just battled alcoholism. It's, yeah. it's a disease, you know. And um, and so right around my eighth grade year, that was when I was like in second grade. So right around eighth grade, um, my father finally accepts the Lord, mm-hmm. stops drinking, starts mm-hmm. doing worship at the church. Wow. And at our overnighters, he'd have like the late night slots. And, um, and the Lord was touching him. And then I remember my sophomore year in high school for about two years we were doing good i was an honor roll student i was on the basketball team i was doing a whole bunch of stuff um mom and dad were getting along and then this preacher comes and starts to talk about how everyone that commits suicide goes to hell 
Mm, wow. I didn't know it, but my father yeah. is like crushed. Yeah. And I'm looking at him and he's talking and I can feel this feeling. I was like, things are going to be different now. And I don't know why. Mm. At that point, I didn't know that my grandfather committed yeah. suicide. Um, so my father backslid because no one wants to think of their dad in hell. Yeah, of course. You know, and I think the preacher could have been a little more sensitive. Um, mm. I actually disagree with that theology. You know, I think a lot of, there's, there are people that are intentionally wanting to kill themselves, but then there's people that are not in their right mind that do stupid stuff. And apparently that was the story with my grandfather. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, of course my dad didn't know that and he's going, you know, so he backslid, went into alcoholism sophomore year. Um, my mom kicks my dad out. She can't handle it anymore. She goes into a depression. I, um, my dad leaves the house. I'm devastated. And, um, I hit the streets, start hanging out with the wrong guys and start doing stupid stuff, little, little cheap stuff, nickel and yeah. dime in here, yeah. you know, there and, and, you know, just really depressed, really angry. Mm -hmm. And until my, and then I stopped going to my American church and all of this, I was coming to the church that we're here now, mm -hmm. but afterwards I'd go to my Pentecostal church for my parents. Yeah. So I stopped going to the church and I just started going to the Spanish church and, you know, just never really felt the same um, until my senior, uh, my, my beginning of my senior year, I, I, uh, or my, the, the spring of my junior year, I should say, mm. I started, you know, friends started to call, you know, um, things started to happen at our church. That's right around 94, 93, 94. It was when it happened. <clears throat> um, move of God was happening. Pensacola, the Brownsville mm. revival was happening. Uh, South Florida outpouring was just happening. Mm -hmm. Toronto was about on, was on the brink of breaking out, and we are sitting there, and and um, our church gets rocked. Mm. The young people get rocked. My wife at at um, she was a junior, but she was at the senior banquet, and just got rocked by who's my ends up being my spiritual father comes and starts sharing all these testimonies of what the Lord's doing in South Florida. And so on the eve, and I'll tell you, Norm, I was supposed to go to a party on a Sunday night. And I was and I, I was so depressed, so angry. It was hard to be at home. My mom was locked in a room. She never came out. She was depressed. And all I could all I wanted to do was go have sex, get high, and get drunk. Hmm. I never did any drugs that I sold. Uh, and I never drank. I was a control mm. freak. I was all about money. I, all, I had the swag. You know, I had, mm -hmm. I had the sneakers, yeah. and the Tommy Hilfiger, uh -huh. windbreakers, and all that stuff yeah. we used to wear <laughs> back in the, the army fatigue. Uh -huh. You know, you know, you play the part. And um, on the eve of that, I was like, I'm going to throw it all away. I want to, I hate you, God, for what you did. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lose my virginity. And there was a girl begging me to take my virginity. Mm -hmm. She was just begging and I was like, nah, nah, I was scared that she had some sort of disease or mm -hmm. something, you know? But I was like, screw it. I'll put a condom on and I'll just go for it. Yeah. I'll drink, I'll do it. On the eve of that, my Sunday school teacher from my charismatic Baptist church was in this church telling me there's a move of God and you need to come tomorrow morning. <laughs> Saturday night for three hours, this guy's trying to convince me to come. He finally convinces me to come because he, t he tells me he's going to take me out to lunch. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> Should have started off that way. <laughs> we, we battled for three hours for for this. I was like, yeah. So what he told me is like, Chris, come halfway through the first service, listen to the preaching in the main service, 
Then we'll do worship there. And then they'll dismiss before the preaching in the second service because um, you'll go, they'll, they'll, they'll have high school ministry in second service. So you could go to the high school ministry and see for yourself. Well, so that's what I did. I went in right when he started to preach. And man, when I walked on the property, it was like I felt it. Something started to stir. I started to get, you know, my stomach started to turn, you know, when the host, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shoot, I got played. I got, <laughs> God's going to move on the nick of time. At this time, I wanted to have sex. I wanted yeah. to get drunk. I wanted to get high. Yeah. And I was like, man, and, and I remember just being there and I ran into these young ladies that kind of just never gave me the time of day when I was in the youth group in the mm -hmm. past. And they're weeping. And then I meet one of my, who becomes like my blood brother, Mike. And they're like, oh my God, Chris, we were praying that you would come. And we're praying for all these guys to come and get touched and mm -hmm. zapped. They would call it the zaps. Yeah. Get zapped in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, what the heck? And the girls were all nice. And they're like, we're so glad you're here. God's going to touch you. And he's going to change your life. And, and I'm sitting there like, what is going on in this mm -hmm. place? Mm -hmm. So I go up to the balcony. Long story short, uh, the service is about to end. The whole time my stomach, I'm getting dealt with. Yeah. I got this pressure, my stomach is turning, and he opens up the altars for, sal for, for, for reconciliation with the Lord. And like 500 people rush to the altars, and I was like, oh, mm. good. Five minutes later, he goes, man, there's one more that needs to be down here. Mm. A hundred more people come down. I was like, yep, yeah, it's not me. I'm excited. Then he's like, listen, man, there's still one more. You are being disobedient. At that time, I was like, this could be me. But let me see. As soon as I get up, like 15 more people come. Mm -hmm. He does it again. Two more people come up. And then at that point, I was like, Lord, and I felt so convicted, like I needed to go up. I was like, Lord, if he asks again, five minutes later, if he asks in the next five minutes, I know it's for me personally. And he goes, these guys that have come up aren't it. There's still one more. And I just got up, ran down, and got in line to be prayed for. And I was weeping for the first time in a long time. I let it all out. I mean, it was crocodile tears, mm -hmm. snot, mm -hmm. headache, everything. Mm -hmm. And so this, this man, who was an ex-Hell's angel, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he comes and he lays hands on me and... It's the first time a white man's ever laid their hands on me. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jim Golden was his name. He's in heaven now. And um, I felt like he was pushing me. Mm -hmm. Felt like he was pushing me. So I was like, man, who's this white dude pushing me? I want the, I want the, I want it to be real. You don't need to push me, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I'm having a fit in my wow. spirit. I open my eyes and he's three people down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, Lord, this is real. This is crazy. Mm. I'm like, no way. I go and I say, Lord, if this is you, I'm going to close my eyes. I'll yield everything and I'll live for you only. Wow. As soon as I close my eyes, the story is I flew six feet back. Wow. Destroyed the pastoral part of the chairs. <laughs> I, mm. I think like maybe an hour, 45 minutes, I wake up and... They're doing worship, and all I see is these like people dressed in white with Davidic stars on their chest wow. doing like these dances and pat, you know. And so they're in the middle of worship, and I was like, "What the heck?" When I was on the floor, Norm, the Lord spoke to me for the first time, and He goes, "Chris, what do you want?" Hmm. And I said, "That I said, God, I want my dad back home. 
and I want all my street friends to know you. It's cool. Ten years from that, we led all my street friends to the Lord. Wow. To some sort of, and some capacity. Yeah. They all serve Jesus. They all know Jesus. That you know, and almost ten years ago this summer, I walked my mother down the aisle, and she remarried my father after eighteen years of divorce. Wow. So I have this new relationship, this ten-year relationship with my dad. Wow. That's at, good. At that particular time, from that day on. From that. Wait, I gotta see if they're using this room. From that point on, I've been praying for revival. I've been praying uh, for God to use uh, his move for, for unity in the church. And just going after it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's 26 years now, you know, later. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just a whole bunch of amazing stuff has happened. So, hmm. um so that's kind of like the, my testimony, and, yeah. it, and it just kind of opened it up. You know, I, mm -hmm. I was here uh, at this church for 23 years, and the Lord led me to go to New Song Church in Virginia, okay. heavily connected with Bethel, senior pastor is, and um, I learned a lot of the culture of honor, loving people on purpose, mm -hmm. keeping your love on, a lot of the good charismatic renewal stuff that was out there. I met mm -hmm. a lot of phenomenal, great people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and um, a couple years ago, uh, you know, when we left this, this church, uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of compromise in the leadership and mm -hmm. things blew up a couple years ago. And I had a dream about coming back home. So I followed that prophetic dream and, mm -hmm. and I'm now here serving as the family pastor with my wife. Also releasing this ROAR, which is a uh, regional outpouring, awakening, reformation, youth and young adult service. Mm -hmm. We've done it in Virginia. We launched uh, t uh, almost a year ago, year and a half ago in New Jersey. We're yeah. about to still keep it in Virginia. And now we're moving it this month, May 18th, here to Living Word International Christian Church, wow. where we're family pastors at. Mm -hmm. And um, so God is increasing. There's other places that want to host it and do it. And mm -hmm. so we're at this place, man, where God's wow. just increasing. We had a Aurora Revival Camp where we're taking inner city kids, primarily inner city kids. Yeah. And they're having first time encounters with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, it's the strategy to kind of just end, yeah. you know, the, 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 the wounds and, and the mm -hmm. stuff that happens in society. Society, whether it be from police officers or or teachers or yeah. or or whatever the case is you know you're you know the walk of life that you might be going through that you've experienced some sort of um you know um <coughs> racism or yeah. you know some some wound of some sort you know i, I think i think it's just do, playing our part and so now we're here and i'm joined in you know able to speak at amazing churches like CAP, Church at Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, Lynchburg Life Center, you know, <laughs> New Song Church. Yeah. You know, it's just a bunch of things that God's doing. L3, you know, in the area, it just feels really, really good yeah. where a lot of this stuff is percolating from a place of his presence. Like he's stirring mm -hmm. some things on so that we could get on board and do some amazing stuff together. Yeah. I have not felt this in Washington, D.C. since I started praying. Mm. It's not because of my prayers. Yeah. I'm just saying I've joined in with other saints that are just as hungry to see a move of God. So we're super excited about what what the Lord is doing. But yeah, that, that's kind of my testimony. It brings us to where we are right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. That's powerful. So <clears throat> I know that um, 
you have uh, this desire to bring a bridge between um, cultures, ethnicities, stuff like that, um, having that discussion like with the racial issues that we have. And that's something that I actually, I don't know if I told you this the other day, but um, I actually had um, started addressing that myself. Um, I started a, a group on Facebook um, where it's about racial reconciliation. I also um, did a, a podcast that hasn't been published yet, but I did it a couple weeks ago about racial reconciliation and healing and stuff like that. And I really feel like, you know, this is definitely a season where God is trying to bring that and like you were saying, that conversation where I was basically saying, I was seeing it where it would be like town hall meetings around the country yeah. and you have groups of people to come mm -hmm. together and they would literally be real about how they feel mm -hmm. about other ethnic groups, mm -hmm. whether it be something bad experience that they had or whatever the case. And then people can be able to have that real talk without it being a thing where it's like just bashing somebody mm -hmm. or, or beating up on somebody yeah. without actually having an answer yeah. and or having a way to bring healing. Yeah. But the one thing that I found, and um, I had, uh, it was about a year and a half, two years ago. I can't remember exactly when, but I was over at one of the brothers' houses from the church. And um, while we were there, you know, um, it was like one of those things where his wife was uh, making some food and you know, so we were all eating together. It was, uh, I don't know, about eight of us or so. And then at some point in the conversation, the that brother asked me questions about some stuff that was racially um, uh, centered. And he basically was like, so he's a Caucasian, and he's asking me, a multiracial person, about what I've encountered with certain things, right? And as we're having this conversation... And I said something that triggered something in another guy that was there. And this other guy was an older Caucasian gentleman who's probably in his mid to late 60s. Mm -hmm. And he got mad. And he got up and walked out. He kind of, he said some stuff and then he walked away. And so I just continued talking to them, you know, him and his wife about what we were talking about. Then he comes back later. And the thing about it was, this particular, um, the person whose house it was, he was like, you know, really trying to get understanding of some things. Him yeah. and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, what I loved about that situation is, it was like, they probably had these questions for years. And they didn't know how to approach somebody yeah, and ask exactly. them the question, exactly. you know. Because, you know, it's kind of awkward sometimes. Mm -hmm. When you're trying, to, and I know you've experienced oh, this, yeah. where you're trying to break something down for yeah. somebody, yeah, yeah. and they're so like, like they have no concept of what yeah. you're trying to explain to them, mm -hmm. and they act like it doesn't exist yeah. at first. But if they actually were to really listen, they would hear. Well, it's just ironic that you know. So when when the when the other man came back, he heard me still explaining certain things. Then he tries to interject. This is where. I don't know how to even explain it, but this is where I was really feeling like I could see where the brother whose house it was, he was not, this wasn't a game to him. It wasn't something where he was just asking me something to be nice and, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But he really wanted to know. Seek and to he really wanted to yeah. get understanding. 
And when this gentleman that walked out tried to interject, he said, no, you had your chance. You could have stayed here and listened to Norman when he was explaining all this stuff. And now you want to come in and start saying something else. Well, you should have been here to hear what Norman had to say. Yeah. Norman is speaking and we're not allowing you to speak anymore. Wow. That was when I was like, "Woo!" Like that I looked bold. at him. I said, "That's what you need." See, I don't even know how to explain how that made me yeah, feel. Yeah, absolutely empowering. But it and, it you was know. it was like that whole thing about finally somebody gets it, and yeah. they're actually trying to give space for this to be heard yeah, exactly. instead of it being shut down because exactly. you got mad about something. Exactly, exactly. And then it was like one of those things where. Thank God, not long after that, maybe a couple weeks later, well, let's put it like this. Yeah, a couple weeks later, um, some things happened that allowed me to kind of like be able to minister to him, the one yeah, that walked oh, out, yeah. right? And then that led to about a week or so later, a couple weeks later, him coming to me and saying, Norman, I apologize Come for the on. way that I acted and this, yeah, that, and the yeah. third. I asked you to forgive me and all that. We hugged. He had tears in his Come eyes. On. It was powerful, man. Yeah. It was it was a very powerful moment. Yeah. But this is the kind of thing that, you know, going back to what you said, man, about how it's not like one person can come and say, on the behalf of all these yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's not like that. Number one, that's not going to speak to what everybody else Absolutely. doesn't understand Absolutely. or they need to be able to say for themselves Absolutely. or whatever. Now, what the exact way to do that is, I don't exactly know. However, I believe it, it, it really comes down to um, a one-on-one -on -one interaction. Yeah. Now, you might have seen this video. Did you see the video where it was the Caucasian guy and the African-American guy and they're sitting across from each other and it's a rap Oh it's yeah, a hip hop yeah, yeah. joint, and they talking real talk yeah, about yeah, how they yeah. feel about each other, man. Well, that's what um, that's what I feel is pretty much that that kind of sums up what I feel needs to happen. Where there's like I'm gonna tell you how I feel with all of its flaws and all of its you know misinterpretations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, and you tell me how you feel. Yeah. Now, let's talk about how we can make this thing come together and yeah. we can be healed because all that stuff is garbage. Absolutely. And I think the beautiful thing about your story is this, is if we're going to deal with the racial issue, we need to understand we are pastoring ignorance out of people. Yes. You know, we've got to stop with these people and start claiming, and start using these words that identify them. No, that's the thing that they're struggling with. Some of them know and some of them don't know. Yeah. This older man in his 60s did not know, but he had enough Holy Spirit to come back and be mm. like, you know what, I was wrong. And I think that's the thing in having these conversations is, is understanding that you might have crossed paths with something ignorant. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is yeah, it could hurt you what they're going to say or what they're going to demonstrate. But are you spiritually mature enough, one, not to get offended mm -hmm. and also understand that if God is showing you their weakness yeah. in that particular thing, it's for you to pray and win exactly. them back. Exactly. I think the, the issue, and this is why we, I, I get upset that we just have conversations and not encounters yes. with Holy Spirit, you know, uh, you know. You know, pray one Psalms one thirty nine over everyone, and and and, I, and 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 teach the room to you know 
have the same prayer that David had. Lord, search my heart for you know me. What, I mean, what is David doing there? David has this long history with God, but he still wants God to teach him about himself. Mm -hmm. He knows how crazy God is, so he declares that you know me, you study my thoughts afar, you know if I'm sitting or if I'm standing. Your thoughts to me are like sands of the sea. Like he's saying all this stuff, but he's like, I need, you knew me when I was being created. Like teach me about my triggers, God. Mm -hmm. Teach me what makes me happy, what makes me depressed, what makes me angry. What may, like what if we were to make it safe for people to say, God, as I search my heart, you're going to start to deal with with some things and it's going to be a safe place for you to reveal for healing purposes when mm -hmm. god reveals it's to heal yeah. he says it's so that the truth can come in you know but you know and 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 and, and, and sever and uproot those things mm -hmm. and again it, it, with this racial thing church are we equipped to pastor the ignorance out of some people mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what you did. The fact that that brother, and I think a lot of it was the, the, the people's houses that you were out set the tone and said, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You decided to leave. You decided to have an emotional reaction and it led you away from hearing this man's heart. You're not going to steal that right now. This is important mm -hmm. to us because we're seeking to understand. Yeah. People that are seeking to understand have to be intentional yeah. in having these conversations. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then we have to know as things start to get revealed, there might be ignorance that comes from a wound yeah. that has dressing itself up. And it is scary. Right yeah. now, it is more scary, I feel like, in the church to say, I have prejudice in my heart or racial issues in my heart than it is to say, I'm struggling with pornography yeah mm -hmm. yeah are you kidding me mm -hmm. really come on guys like yeah. i think you know, like, like exposing these kind of things I, you know and it it it, it 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 it's like are we allowing the holy spirit to counsel us in all things because mm -hmm. he's the counselor yeah can we encounter him as a counselor you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like we're comfortable with God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, but like, you know, in those, in different attributes, but as a counselor, I will send you the counselor. That's what Jesus says. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you the counselor and he will counsel you on all things. So why don't we, why don't we invite him? Why don't, and, and again, people think, oh, Chris, you're watering it down and we need to figure out strategies and all that. I think we've been doing that for years. We need to do foot washings and all that. We've mm -hmm. been doing that for years. It's not going away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. If anything, God is intensifying it. I truly believe, because mm -hmm. people are finding out, you know, you know, with President Obama, you know why he was there? Honestly, can I be real? Yeah, go ahead. In the eight years of Obama's presidency, the number one thing I started to see were the hidden racial reactions that my white evangelical brothers and sisters had through mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah. Just get exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the last eight years that what we, we, we started to see... The talks of racism started to spark back up, yeah. right? Police shootings, mm -hmm. all this other stuff. Like things are stirring, yeah. creation mm -hmm. is groaning, yeah. and 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 God is 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 wanting his you know to co-heir his sons and daughters to reveal them as the answer. But all this stuff started happening really eight years ago, and so what ends up happening now? The pendulum swings. We have a white completely opposite, completely opposite president, yeah. and now white people are sitting there. A lot of them, it's our turn to gloat. Yeah. This is a man of God. We make theology around him, whether it's right or mm -hmm. wrong. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, now it's our turn to gloat about our guy. Mm -hmm. Well, with you doing that, you're you're just throwing salt on a wound over here. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, and all, you know, exactly. I'm as a Latino man, yeah. and I'll be honest, there's things that I'm 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 hurting over here too. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, do I feel like there needs to be immigration reform? I do think we need some some sort of immigration reform. Do mm-hmm. I think some right conservative guys have it wrong by trying to kick every illegal out of this country? That's ludicrous. But yeah. what I'm tired of it is you putting your passive aggressive you know, or aggressive mm-hmm. uh, articles on Facebook, yeah. and then you want me to kind of sponsor you to go to Mexico so you can love on the Mexicans. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if you can't, if you can't love them in the country, yeah. but you, you know, and I've gotten over a handful of like, hey man, we're called to go love Guatemalans, and we're called to love these guys, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. please sew into our, and then I'm on Facebook though, you got a whole nother tone. Yeah. People are still people, my yeah. friend. Uh-huh. We're still supposed to, we're called to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so my thing is, you know, I see a lot more tolerance uh, uh, of, of missionaries for people in their countries than when they're living in America. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and on the flip side, the average missionary lives off the support. Uh-huh. Bro, immigrants are doing way better than you in providing some sort of something down the line because they're working here. You're just yeah. raising support. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least they're attributing something. Mm-hmm. So people don't want to hear that because yeah. that's rough. That's tough. No, no. We have to change the way yeah. we do missions. Why? Because we haven't discipled nations yet. Yeah. We're too busy. I feel like our missionaries need to really repent and feel like, what are you bringing to Africa other than a westernized Jesus? Yeah, exactly. I mean, people don't want to talk about oh, this. Yeah. They think you're being Malcolm X of Christianity. Exactly. I'm not trying to do exactly. anything. I'm just saying, like, I have friends of mine that go to Hades and they and they make they they do wells. They provide clean water that they teach the Haitians how to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're teaching these guys how to provide and get clean water for themselves. And yes, they're eliminating diseases by doing that. Yeah. Are we just going there and giving a drama or a presentation of the gospel or a crusade? Yeah, great. Thousands of people are getting saved and 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 mm-hmm. and crutches and healings i'm all for that yeah. but what are we leaving them with are they learning how to make you know to to, to get their own bread or be get their own fish yeah are you teaching them how to fish or are you just giving it to them yeah and what are we giving them we know that the african church in the continent it, it, it has more powers displays of signs wonders and yeah. miracles than the westernized exactly. church we know that the south american church we know that india is exploding with signs wonders and miracles yeah. and salvations we know that the underground church in china yeah. and here we're coming with uh you know and so people don't want to see that mm-hmm. and then you know oh we got to send we got to go to the world to every tribe so what are you giving them so other than jesus mm-hmm. when you leave do they have something substantial to to run their tribes to do that? So I feel like we as the Western Church, we need to humble ourselves a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, and again, I have no stick in the mud here. But all mm-hmm. I'm telling you is, I get a little surprised, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at my brothers and sisters in the Lord, and like, you know, build the wall. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. cool. We should build a wall. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do with the the immigrants that are here that are actually obeying the law? Yeah. That, the, the food you love to eat that's so cheap. Yeah, you know what uh-huh, I'm saying? That don't yeah. break your pocketbook. Uh-huh. You know? You, you All that? Uh-huh. <laughs> or do we learn to love our brothers and sisters? Yeah. Because that's, we will be known by what? Our love. Our love. Exactly. So, so these are some of the things. Can we talk about? You know? We definitely need to, bro. Because, I mean, I'm going to tell you. One of the things that bothers me is that you'll hear people talk about going to another country, but I'm like, what are we doing in the exactly. cities here? 
Look at all this stuff that's going to waste right here in front of your face. You know what I mean? And it just, it's kind of like, it it bothers me because I'm like, uh, from what I remember Jesus saying, you start in Jerusalem, then you go to Samaria, then Judea, and then the other most parts of the world. What's happening in America? Exactly. You know, and so, and to your point about the whole thing about in these different countries, how they're seeing the supernatural. And yet in America, it seems like we've been seeing less of the supernatural. Why? And I feel that part of it is because people here are so like, they're so conditioned to think that, you know, they got everything at their fingertips and, you know, it's almost like they don't need God anymore because we can go to the doctor over here mm-hmm. and we can go over exactly. here to get that. And we got water here and, you know. We live in abundance. Exactly. That's the issue. I mean, can be the issue. If, you know, it, I think you're, you're, you're so right. I, I, I feel as though, you know, the reality is there's some Brazilian revivalists that could teach us some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could we humble ourselves as the nation of America? One of the things I feel like is, are we a citizen in heaven first or do we pledge allegiance to a flag first? Hmm. Because that's my thing. If my identity is a citizen in heaven, then whatever my breakthrough is happening in Brazil, I can sit under and be like, man, there are some revivalists in Mozambique. There's some people that have seen tons of you know, people raised from the dead. Yeah. I ain't talking about them fake ones yeah, that they're posting uh-huh. out there. I'm talking about there are people yeah. walking in that type of power. Yeah. I'm not beating up America. Yeah, I love course. the church in America, mm-hmm. but we could be humble a little. Yes. We got a lot of book knowledge and theologies and we want to have debates on all these other things. Mm-hmm. These people are holding on to the simple gospel and seeing mm-hmm. the ra- the dead being raised, cancer disappearing. They don't have doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, food, be- you know, multiplying, all this kind of yeah. stuff. And again, I do see a wave of healings and stuff com- ha- happening in America like never before. Yeah. I think because God is increasing his 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 uh, his presence, you yeah. know, and and because I do think the, you know, worldwide revival is going to start to bust yeah. out. Yes. You know, but I, I, I'm telling you where these guys are growing up in a culture of seeing this with their eyes, we're like loving these things in certain churches and, uh, and we should celebrate these yeah. things. It's amazing. God's doing amazing thing through many ministers and it's, and it's amazing, but I think we need to be a little humble and mm-hmm. be more centered around the body of Christ. Yeah. Here's the thing I will tell you about racial reconciliation. Um, I met a revivalist from Brazil. He does yeah. stadium events there. And he goes, you know what? In Brazil, man, we're just Brazilians. <laughs> I said, but man, you guys got white Brazilians. You guys got, you know, black Brazilians, Chinese Brazilians, mm-hmm. Japanese, you know. Like, you guys got a lot of, like, different colors. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, did you know that 90% of Brazilians in the south of Brazil are from Germany? Hmm. He goes, then there's another sect that are Italian. Then we have mostly black Brazilians in these places. And then we have uh, African Brazilians in these places. And then we're all, but you will never hear of racial uh, issues in Brazil because we all are are just Brazilian. Hmm. And it's funny to me that in Brazil, they're going through a second wave of revival. A second wave of revival. And I believe a lot of it is because they know their identity and the image of the father that they are. Mm-hmm. 
They don't have to convince anybody. Yeah. They don't have to have these conversations. Yeah. I think that's a model of the kingdom of God. I think we are too in love with a flag in this country. Yeah. Now, I love my country. Yeah. I love the red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. I love the 4th of July. I yeah. love America. Yeah. All right? I love this country. God, God has blessed us with it. But I think a lot of us have become more citizens of this country and not aware that we're citizens of heaven first. You know, it's interesting that you say it that way because... Um, when Colin Kaepernick started to do what he was doing in the Super Bowl, I mean, not the Super Bowl, the NFL, yeah, and people started getting really upset about it or whatever, it was really, you know, it was something that really kind of started exposing people. Because what I was seeing in that, Colin, okay, let me just put it this way. I'm a veteran. I was in the Navy. And so I, I already know what it means mm-hmm. to be serving this country and all that kind of stuff. And when I saw Colin Kaepernick do what he did, I was never thinking he was trying to disrespect the, you know, like my service and all that I did for this country and how dare he do that. Now, I never thought of it that way. But when I looked at Caucasian people who were talking about it, because it was I only saw Caucasians saying Mm -hmm. that this was look at what he's doing and how he's Mm -hmm. and I'm like. You're missing the whole point. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're so concentrated on mm-hmm. the fact that some Pledge of Allegiance or whatever it is, the Star Spangled Banner is going on, that you're not understanding why he did it and exactly. where he's doing it. It's a, a simple, it's a symbolic thing of where he's mm-hmm. doing this. Because the only place you would even pay attention is when it's on the NFL, exactly. when it's on a Sunday, yeah. when you're watching your game, you want to see it, yeah. and then you're like, oh, what is he doing? Yeah. But if it was just him doing it outside of the mm-hmm. NFL and he was doing whatever he was doing, you wouldn't even take notice. Yeah. Because you don't even care, number one. Yeah, exactly. You don't care about what he's kneeling for. Well, exactly. And then, you know, I made a statement. This was like a couple years ago. I said something on Facebook. I said, so is it wrong to kneel or is it wrong to stand? Because I kneel when I pray, but I stand because of the flag. Yeah. Which one am I supposed to kneel for? Which one am I supposed to stand for? Or how about it when Tim Tebow a couple years earlier was kneeling and praying while they were singing the national anthem? Mm -hmm. So what is the deal? Mm -hmm. And this is, again, where we had an opportunity to be sensitive as a church Mm -hmm. and and, and be like, you know what? He's he's really torn up about something and he's using his platform Mm -hmm. and it's cost him everything because it was what he declared it was. This was something of equality that he wanted to see. I don't understand it. And so people made it more about... Hey, he's disrespecting a flag. Uh-huh. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't. I, to this day, I, I still don't understand what Colin has done and why. You know, I mean, obviously, he's he's getting paid by the NFL because mm. of the way they treated him. Yeah. See, we're okay. You know, the, the, these these things you can mouth off for because they're going to pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. See, there, there's all there's a privileged thing in all of this, and it's with rich people. Yeah, you know, and the people that got the money, they the NFL paid him whatever it is, but he's not on their field anymore. I mean, we should we should really be concerned about that. Why? Because he kneeled and made a statement, actually being told by a by a, by a white veteran himself, "Hey, don't don't sit on your chair. That's disrespectful to the flag. Just kneel." So him following advice, you know, from a guy, you know, and now all of a sudden the military and we want to make this something mm. that it isn't. It's exactly what the enemy does. We have no compassion in our hearts to understand that that was a, that was a horrible 
season that mm. we just walked out of. Yeah. Kids, yes, thugs that probably should have been shot were killed too. Yeah. But innocent guys were being killed. Mm. And they were black kids. Yeah. And we showed no sympathy. Now, now I shouldn't say we. A major portion of the church showed no sympathy. Yeah. A, a, a very minority portion of the church did. Yeah. And even in that, they lacked understanding. Yeah. And so he was a man that did what he did. And, and again, if I would have said like 90% military people, 90% guys that served uh, were veterans or in the military right now, if they would have came out and said, we are so offended by this, then I would have been like, okay, maybe mm. there's something to it that I don't understand. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. You had people on both sides. And we wanted to marginalize this thing, make it you know, you're bigger than what it was when mm-hmm. all he was doing was trying to make a stand. He was yeah. going through something. Here's the other thing. If you study Cap, Cap's story, you also know that he's adopted mm-hmm. by white family. Yeah. That thing was bigger than what was going on. It was yeah. some things in his heart that we could have. Yeah. We could have dealt with as a church mm-hmm. and had to walk him through instead of judging him yeah. and doing all this other stuff that in a sense from, you know, was it over glamorized? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, were there agendas on both sides? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's turning into. Yeah. You have to pick one side or the other. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's sad that you that we have to do that because we we're not having the, the racial conversations yeah. because if you come from a conservative Republican white side, you're not going to be heard. Yeah. You know, that's why for me and people always say the the thing with Kanye that Kanye West is doing, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says, but he actually is breaking the monopoly Uh of I'm black and I'm going to side Democrat. I'm going to side with this. And a lot of people are starting to raise up and be like, no, this isn't the case. You know what I'm saying? It's Mm -hmm. like there's privilege on both sides. Yeah. You know, I think if anything, I don't really believe in the political structure yeah, of our either. country. I don't believe the Democrats either. are for minorities. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think I look at President Obama, a man that I prayed for, and it was easy to love him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I didn't agree with his politics, but he did absolutely nothing for the black race. He sure didn't. He, as a black man, he, sure he did didn't. nothing. He didn't even introduce police reform. Nope. You know, so so again, do I feel? Uh, and, and on the flip side, people will be upset. Do I feel like President Trump has tried to do things? Now, whether it's to look politically well or whatever, I don't care. But at least he's done something. Yeah. You know? And everyone mm. wants to marginalize it as it's not that. It's he's trying to buy and make us, you know, whatever. People are going to have yeah. their crazy uh-huh, things. Of course. Here, here's, the re- here, here's the thing. We have to pray and hear from God. Mm-hmm. We have to humble ourselves and pray as believers. Yeah. Hear from God that he would release a strategy. We have to turn from our wickedness, you know? Yeah. I mean, that means prejudiceness is wicked. Yeah. Racism is wicked. Christians, I want, I got news for you. You're not afforded to be offended. Mm-hmm. We are so offended with each other. We are looking for demons in every corners to, to, to shrink people's ministries, to speak bad. Listen, that, that is not, that's, that's, that's not, that's not going to unite us. Nor is it going to make us look powerful in the eyes of a world that's groaning for what we have in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's why we will be known by our love. And the ones that love well will see. <laughs> we'll see the signs, the wonders, the miracles. We'll see what God is doing. We'll be like the sons of Issachar and know the times we live in and how we need a response. We had an opportunity to minister to a young man. A man that was adopted. Yeah. A man that lived pretty privileged, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A man that was screaming inside, going through some things, and then saw some stuff. Hmm. And a man that had a platform. And he chose. 
to be real to that platform mm -hmm. because when it took away his money, he didn't stop. Mm -hmm. He donated. It's, it's, it's sad yeah. that we had an opportunity. Yeah. And so for me, I, you know, I thank God that there's those people that, 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 that make that stance are known in the history books. But come on, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all of us that support Camp Kneeling, first of all, aren't 100% agreement with everything he does. Yeah. But at least we're free to do that. Yeah, exactly. And we're free to have that. And, and we shouldn't be categorized as unpatriotic. Nah, you know, I love this country. Yeah. <laughs> I love America. I love what we stand for, mm -hmm. but I think we need to be a little humbled and take a couple steps back and maybe we can learn from some of these nations that are seeing an increase uh, and the real, real, real deal, holy field power of God. I agree, man. I feel like, you know, the one thing that I don't like what people do is they will put you in a box where they say, well, if you like them or you like what they're doing here then you're in this box. Yeah. And it's it's like, okay, so to me, it's like like you saying about loving America, but knowing that there are things that need to change. Yeah. It's no different than if I have a sibling and I love them because they're my sibling, but I don't agree with everything they Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I don't care about them being my sibling. If I disagree, I'm going to tell them. I think, I think the beautiful thing that, that one of the, a lot of beautiful things that I got from Bethel uh, and reading their books and hearing their sermons was the whole we sit at a table of relationship, not of a, not a table of agreement. That's mm. powerful yeah. because that speaks to the kingdom family that we're trying to produce. It's this, you know, and you hear the example. I think Bill's used it like you know, if one of my sons is Republican and the other's Democrat, you know, they still both have a seat at his table because yeah. it's 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 not about your political. <laughs> Uh, party, it's about you're part of a family, you're yeah. part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think we got to get to a place of where we are at a place of relationship. Mm -hmm. If people disagree with me, that's fine. I want to have the conversation why. Yeah. And maybe I can learn something. But I think a lot of it is can we be humble? Can we be, can we have understanding? Uh, can, can we not be quick to react and think and invite Holy Spirit? I mean, there's a lot of times, you know. Uh, um, that, that, that even in my own prejudiceness, you know, like for instance, the first time I went to Bethel for a leader's advance, I felt like a fish out of water. I mm -hmm. felt like all eyes were on me because I think I was maybe one of a handful, room maybe had like a thousand people in it, one of a handful of people that, that looked different. I mean, mm -hmm. you could tell I was different, Yeah. you know, and I just felt like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, what is it? This is like my tribe. I've been reading the books. I've been worshiping. I've been doing all these, you know, worshiping to their CDs. I, mm -hmm. I've been podcasting their messages. I know their hearts. They're not racist. Yeah. Why do I feel like I'm in a KKK rally right yeah. now? You know, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was mature enough to be like, what's going on in here? Yeah. Not pointing at what's happening yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, the reality is Reading is a white town. Yeah, with a, exactly. With Mexican. Yeah. They have people going to their church that look like their town that they live in. Yeah, exactly. You can't persecute yeah. the church because of that. Uh -huh. You know, but at the same time, they also have a school of ministry that attracts many authentic, uh, many um, ethnic, uh, ethnic yeah. groups and cultures that are different mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. So... I think some of that is being intentional to give some of those guys uh, a place in their heart to build relationship and to start giving some leadership so it looks a little diverse because even though you're in Redding, California, yeah. the whole world knows you. Exactly. You understand what uh -huh. I'm saying? Same thing with IHOP, you know? Mm -hmm. 
and all that other stuff. You know, I, I just think, you know, so again, I had to deal with my heart and I had to be okay with coming and saying, okay, Lord, why do I feel awkward? Why? I mean, usually, and then by like the second day of the advance, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But at first you're kind of just like, wow, I don't add up and all this other stuff and this mm -hmm. stuff and that stuff. And then because, you know, and so, so I, I, that was something I had to go through mm -hmm. and I searched my heart, Lord. Whoa, oh, okay. All right, God. All right. It's me. It's not Bethel. It's me. Mm -hmm. So let me deal with me. Let me go to the counselor. Counsel me. Help me. This is who you are, Chris. This is who you are. This is who you are. You're stirred in the spirit because you know how beautiful the body of Christ yeah. would look with diversity. Yes. And different and generational, you know, uh, a generational uh, look, mm -hmm. multi-generational, mm -hmm. diverse, all that. And you're like, okay, that, mm -hmm. that's the thing. All right, God, please. You sent me to be a bridge. Yeah. All right, God. All right. So it doesn't look this way now, but yeah. by the time I die, they're going to be some, they're going to be a little, a lot more Latinos and blacks in some of these conference yeah, posters I exactly. see. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so yes. then you go into that place and you're like, okay, then I come in and I connect to the presence of God mm -hmm. that's there. And I'm like, Whew, all right, this is my tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because my tribe is heaven. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's right. So I took myself out of being yeah. Latino and I sit seated on heavenly places mm -hmm. and I'm, 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 I have the same access that the people at Bethel have. Exactly. That's my tribe. Exactly. And that's how you got to walk. But the issue mm -hmm. was me. I agree, man. Like, here's the thing that I see, especially, I would say, in the urban mm -hmm. communities um, where, and typically, you know, I know... When we say urban, typically we mean Latino, African-Americans. That's what people think of when they think urban. Yeah, and um, so bottom line is um, I know that uh, when you look at the urban communities, a lot of times because of what they've experienced from Caucasians or whatever, then they don't feel that freedom to start to intermingle with them. And so... Until they have someone that either kind of either forces them into that situation or reaches out from that side, so to speak, and offers to show them certain things about love and everything. Kind of like that story you told them about when you went to Ohio, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was a perfect situation right there. Of That was a perfect example of how you were forced into a situation you didn't even know what was coming. You didn't even know that was coming. But you were in it, and you were yeah. like, okay, now that I'm here, I have to adjust and figure out how to make the best out of this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of times what's really, what's really happening with people is instead of them coming out of their comfort zone and saying, you know what? This doesn't initially feel comfortable for me exactly. to talk to you yeah. or to come over here yeah. and eat your food yeah. or, you know, hear the kind of conversation you have or whatever. But I feel like I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to get to know you better yeah. and I'm supposed to be able to, yeah. you know, um, accept who you are, the way you are and everything, because we might come from a different background, but that doesn't mean anything about us being able to build a unique an actual real relationship because, you know, ironically, the church that I started going to a few years ago, 
Most of them were coming from a Mennonite slash Amish type yeah. of background. I ain't never heard. I never met anybody from that kind of background before. But you had that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but it was one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they are. Yeah. I just know. Absolutely. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to see what they're like, and they're going to see what I'm like, mm-hmm. and we're going to just get to know yeah. each other. Yeah. And I allowed, it was kind of ironic that, that um, kind of a funny thing rather, where I came in knowing I got to give them about maybe six months to a year to really Absolutely. get to know see, me that's and it. see me and all that, that's right? That's putting that effort in. Exactly. Cause I, I, yeah, because you go, you know, how many, I mean, I would have lost major influences in my life if it was a one-shot deal. Yeah. I go in, again... If it, I would have been like, I ain't going to Bethel. They're racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't say that. Had nothing to do with them. They were being who authentically God's called them to be. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It was about me. Same thing about me. When I went to Camp McPherson, you know, when I was 12 years old, we were the only minority youth group, and there were 300 white kids. I ain't never seen that many white kids, Norm, mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of them are looking at me. They're not burning crosses and, yeah. and, 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 and rejecting us. They're like, wow, people that look different than us, we got to get to be their friends. Yeah. I, had like, I had like 100 friends the first time I was there. Yeah. I was nervous as jacked. I, remember, <laughs> I didn't know how to answer to that. We, we eat different. It was my first time having camp food. Yeah. I was like, what is a casserole? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what do you mean this is lemonade? This joint's watered down. Let me teach you how to make some lemonade. You know what I'm saying? But it was a camp experience. Yeah. I never I never heard a cricket. I was up all night because I couldn't sleep because crickets were making noise. <laughs> I never seen so many spiders in my oh, life. Man. But you know what, That's man? You, you go through that. And at the end, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got marked there. Yeah. God chose to mark me for revival and to give me the DNA of the camp that I'm running now is mm-hmm. a lot like Camp McPherson and what I saw back wow. in the days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like just funny how it works. And some of those white guys that were my friends are still my friends now. And mm-hmm. they're like just important people. It's come to the point where we have to celebrate diversity. Yeah. We have to notice diversity. Yeah. But it comes a point where you become so one in the spirit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I don't look at you and my first thought is black. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, like yeah. I don't look at Pastor Matt and, and Pastor Julie, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. pastors of Cab, and I, I don't look at them as white or Mennonite yeah. or Amish. I look at yeah. them as my brothers and sisters yeah. because I've crossed over something yeah. that, 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 that requires me to see them more than just their skin exactly. color. Because yes. they were willing to pay for a meal. Mm-hmm. I was willing to pay for a meal. They yeah. were willing to work on my house. That, yeah. I was willing to preach, you know, get, get their you know, get their kids to come to Roar Camp, you know, whatever yeah. the case is. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I think there is a place where we have to notice. You know, hey, mm-hmm. look at the beauty of the image of God that yes. these people are. Yep. Whether they're white, black, Korean, yeah. Latino, whatever it is. Yeah. Stop hating white people. Yes. That's not the problem. Exactly. The problem is the devil. Yes. Okay? Yes. Stop it. My white, my I say this all the time. My white, my wife is white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, Chris, that's because you like white women. No, yeah. that's not because Chris likes white women. That's because she answered my page. When I paged her, <laughs> she called me back and we went on a date. Yeah. Now, that didn't happen with Latino women because they don't, for some reason, find me attractive at, uh-huh. in the city that I was in. Yeah. You know, in high school, you know, I dated either black women or or, or white women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It was just the way it was. Yeah. You know, so for me, it was not, oh, I like white women only. Only, and I know there's people like
like that. Yeah, they prefer uh-huh. black women. Like, all right, whatever. But for me, it was like I fell in love. Yeah, celebrate yeah. my union, you exactly. know, because I love, love my wife yeah. and because I've been with her for twenty three years, yeah. nineteen years married. We have four kids that were conceived in yeah. love. Yeah. I have not cheated on my mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. Cheer me on, guys. I yeah. found love. I you know I, I have to tell that to my homeboys that are just like you know, but you know, you're successful because you married a white woman. I'm, I'm not successful <laughs> because I married a white woman. Are you crazy? I'm successful because I love Jesus with yeah. all my heart and he, he teaches me how to love my wife mm-hmm. with all my heart. Why? Stop. Let's stop hating each other yeah. and let's stop trying to figure each other out and get worried that, you yeah. know, a bunch of black men are out there dating white women. I don't want to hear that per- yeah. that stuff. Yeah. In the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. find love. Yes. Women, this is my advice to you. Find someone that's going to love you yeah. And protect you, and cherish you, mm-hmm. and 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 fuel your dreams, and 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 be consistent, and date you, you know, and and do all the small stuff as well as the big stuff. I mean, let's let's talk about the real issue. Yeah. Let's not talk about oh my god, like I, you would be so much happier if you married a Latina. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, none of those ladies return my page, and I'm saying page because I had a pager. I let you know how old I am. I have no no cell phones. You know what I'm saying. I had beepers, man. Truly you know what indeed. I'm saying? I knew how to write I love you to my Exactly, to right? <laughs> or hello. Hello, yes. I knew how to do that no stuff, doubt. you know. So so a lot so again like like let let's let's move on and not mm. not just do this whole thing or 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 the, the black man is a dying breed mm. or no man we are created mm. in the image of God. Yeah. Does that mean that you know that 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 we, you know, we shouldn't be concerned and we should want. Yeah, you can want those things, but don't 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 be just stuck on those things. Yeah, Listen, exactly. let me tell you something. Black beauty is gonna exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Latino culture and beauty mm-hmm. is gonna exist. Yes. African culture and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and and the beauty is gonna exist yes. because it's all created off of the image of the Lord. Yes. You gotta know that. Yeah. You can't uh-huh. be worried about things like, oh my God, like, you know, the black race is going, you know, or the Latino race or blah 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 this or this or that. Even white people, I hear them and be like, there's gonna be no white people. No, uh-huh. man, listen, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. The big mm. thing is, are we loving God and are we loving our neighbor? Yeah. And that's the bridge that I want to build. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, hey, inner city, the forgotten mission field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to come and I want to bring the fire of God and possess your heart. And I want you to see God work mm-hmm. out of the four walls of your inner yes. city block. Yes. And I believe doing that and paying attention to that and learning mm-hmm. from our brothers and sisters that are suffering in this country right yeah. now. Yeah. All right. I believe doing that will start to chip away yeah. at this racial issue that we have I agree. and give us power. I agree. I agree, man. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that um, um, hip-hop um, is, um, I believe, is your favorite style of yeah. music and it's mine, too. Absolutely. And the, the ironic thing about hip-hop is 40 years ago, 40-plus years ago when it started, mm-hmm. People, when they started finding out about it, they thought it was going to phase out oh, in a yeah. couple of years, right? Yeah. And now in America, it's become the number one genre, mm-hmm. past rock. Mm-hmm. Now, that's significant. And the thing about it, too, is that God has also intersected the church mm-hmm. that at this time, in this season, finally the church with the, the kind of Christian rappers that have come out, they have intersected with that popularity of hip-hop 
and brought the gospel yeah. in a way that's bringing fire because back in the day, I'm going to be honest with y'all, if y'all don't know nothing about it, in the 80s, Christian rap sucked. Yeah, it okay? was horrible. Um, I wasn't feeling it until nah. about the 90s towards the end. And then it started to kind of get... Who was that? Who were you feeling? Oh, that was Corey Red. It yeah. was Precise. It oh, was, yeah. I um, met those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They actually came and did a concert here. Yeah. Cross Movement. Cross Movement. Yeah. Um, all all of those kind of guys. The Truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, these dudes was doing it. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, okay. Now I'm starting We're to starting see something. In. We still looked a couple years behind. Yeah. You know yeah. Exactly. I, I loved... Even though I loved Cross Movement, I was yeah, like, those yeah. guys are like theologian rappers. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know how many people are going to really get saved off that Exactly. Music, but people did get saved. Yeah. But till, till we have now, it's funny, Um, you know, uh, at uh, at uh, 12 years old, I took my son to his first hip-hop show. Okay. And it was Annie Minia. Okay. My first hip-hop show, by the way, was either in 84 or 85, the Adidas tour. Oh, yeah. Run DMC. DMC. Run DMC. <laughs> it was Public Enemy. Okay. It was 17-year-old LL Cool J and the Beastie Boys. Wow. Okay. It was crazy. Man, yeah, and I, my cousin like stuck it. me into that, you know, <laughs> snuck me out of my house to uh-huh. go to that. Um, I was eight years old, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. So, uh, no, I was like maybe, yeah, nine. But I, I would just be honest. Like, it, that was my first one. So I took him to go see Annie Menio. And I was in shock, Norman, of how mm. much this guy is a performer, and and you know, mm. and he's a white boy from Queens, yeah. And he was just killing it. But then I started to see he's like all, all these BT ciphers with secular rappers, yeah. You know, cursing and everything. And he doesn't curse, and he gets the standing oh, yeah, up. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It, it, yeah. So like, yeah, hip hop. You know, it's funny. I I don't understand the hip hop now. Yeah, clear. yeah. That I always I always say that's now. not my yeah, hip hop. Yeah, just goofing not. around, with my <laughs> but my my son is immersed in the culture because he goes to a, a Catholic school that listens to a lot. Of oh, it. word! Wow. Yeah, a he, Catholic he, school. Yeah, okay. He, yeah. So he likes it, and 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 uh, you know, obviously, we have rules of the type of songs can't be perverse. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. you know, but. It's also have to be edited, so he yeah, doesn't really, uh-huh. you know. But at the same time, you know, at school they don't listen to all that yeah. clean, you know, version of stuff. But I, I you know, for me, it, it, again, it's just interesting, man. Yeah. It, 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 you know, we 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 love the hip hop or whatever, and and uh, but uh, it wasn't supposed to go this far. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I remember there were elements of hip hop, like because I was a break dancer in of the eighties. Breaking, but breaking yeah. went out of style yeah, real quick. I know. And then it was about the emceeing and the turntable mm-hmm. that gave it longevity that was able yeah. to bring, you know, you know, reemergence of breakdancing yeah, back into, uh-huh. the, you know. But I think, I think for me, man, you know, I'm in love with all the, the Christian stuff that's out there, hip hop mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And Josiah, my son, and they, my kids really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I know it's doing something. Yeah, exactly. Because when I grew up, man, I'm not even going to mention some of these guys. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, like, <laughs> Soldier for Christ. Uh-huh. Transformation uh, Crusaders. Crusaders. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Preachers you know, in disguise. Yeah, Priests in disguise? Or preachers. Pre- oh, preachers, preachers in disguise. Yeah, right, PID, right. yeah. Yeah, DC Talk. And yeah. then it was the most popular one. And I, I was know. like, really? It's two, two languages. <laughs> and one sings. But, but, you know, just, you know, it, it, again... All that comes, you know. It, it, it was a maturing. Yeah. It was a maturing. Yeah. Even in even in the the secular hip hop, it was maturing as well. You know what I'm saying? So it was like going through its phases and stuff like that. So, but I guess the point I was trying to make though is that it's interesting how that genre of music brings together all ethnic groups. Uh-huh. Like, listen, man. I remember when I used to go to the clubs. Uh huh. 
And yo, when you go up in there and they start, I mean, the music is going and everything. And it's like certain songs come on. And it doesn't matter. All ethnic groups are like, yo, that's the... And everybody's jumping up and down, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And it's like, I believe, and I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't other kinds, but I believe God has is using and will continue to use in a great way hip-hop to bring that kind of a unity and also even to be able to get some of the message out that we were talking about. Because there's some rappers that are actually saying certain things in their music to make people realize that there's some things that they need to open their eyes to. And I feel like that's being a tool that God is using Mm -hmm. to even bring that type of unity and racial reconciliation and stuff like that, man. Absolutely. I think music is is, is a big key. I, I do see... Where, where where hip hop is that influence, and I, I think I was in the in the the golden era of hip hop yeah, in the mid nineties, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and you started to see that, you know. I remember going to Wu Tang concerts and being like, well, mm-hmm. "There's a lot of white people here." Yeah, I'd be like, "That's not normal." Yeah, but then it was like an increase, and it all became about the sound. And I think that's the power of music. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, where we need a little help is our worship movement. Yeah, you yes. know, you know. Again, we have a gospel movement that's mm-hmm. mostly black, and we mm-hmm. have a worship movement that's mostly white. Mm-hmm. What are we doing about that? Exactly. You know, a lot of us we we think diversity uh, in these white charismatic conferences mm-hmm. is having a black worship team sing Bethel songs or uh-huh. having a Latino worship team sing Upper Room and Elevation uh-huh. songs. Yeah. That's not diversity. Yeah. There's actually, I feel, like an empowerment of praise yeah. in the black church that needs to be infused in them singing and releasing their mm-hmm. own songs yeah. because I do think God needs, we need to return to the dance in yeah. our church uh-huh. services and celebration. Mm-hmm. I do think he inhabits the high praises of yes. his people. I, 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 you know, so there's, these kind of things that that I like to start seeing implement. You know, yeah. I see the black gospel mm-hmm. uh, movement in indoctrinating a lot of the white uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, worship movement songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, I think there's some black gospel artists that have made some some white worship leaders very rich. Mm-hmm. I don't see it, however, on the other side. Yeah, exactly. Again, so what you know, so I think we have to really start to pray that, and I think it's going to happen that God starts to release indigenous sounds. I think the monopoly. Exactly. I think the monopoly season mm-hmm. in worship is going to come to a close. Mm-hmm. I think, and again, I love Bethel worship. Yeah. I love Elevation. I love mm-hmm. Hillsong. I love Jesus Culture. I mm-hmm. have all of that. I love it. But I'm kind of waiting for the next it. Let me tell you something, bro. And I don't know if you, because you, it sounds like you're saying the same thing I'm thinking. Uh-huh. But I literally, like the Lord has it in my heart to um, find Christian salsa. Christian dembo, mm-hmm, yeah. reggaeton, yeah, yeah, yeah. merengue, you know, yeah. all those kind of things. Like, I'm trying to find that kind of music Absolutely. in the Christian realm because I'm going to tell you something. You may or may not know this, but yo, you know, I, I was, my kids were like, Dad, you know that um, Despacito has 4.2 billion views. I was like, uh, maybe he's got 4 million. He ain't got 4 billion. And then I looked on YouTube, I was like, Four billion? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And just about, I don't know how many years ago was when they had that, it's Gangnam Style. That was yeah. one billion, right? Yeah. That's a Chinese dude or whatever. Yeah, I don't Korean, know. Yeah, Korean. Korean. Okay, a Korean guy, uh-huh. right? So here it is. I'm like, okay, some, there's something to this. Uh-huh. And what I feel like, 
I see it and like you said, the indigenous sounds. Mm -hmm. Like God is like, okay, I'm going to show you, okay, people are going to, they're going to yeah. flock to this. You know, Despacito mm -hmm. is a song that a bunch of people love. Yeah, when it exactly. comes on, people start people dancing. People don't even on, speak the language. And they don't even speak the yeah. language. They love the feel of it. And, they and, love and it's, and it's interesting, you know, back in the days, like, so I've been going back and listening to, like, some of my old glory worship songs. So I've been listening to some Lift Him Up by Ron Canole. Uh -huh. A couple things to notice. Ron was... I loved that album because from start to finish, the worship out the, the whole album was amazing, mm -hmm. and it and it took you on a journey to praise, mm -hmm. to slow songs, to praise again, to some glory moments, and all of it was scripturally based. The mm -hmm. songs were they weren't emotional, yeah, based, uh -huh. right? Cause you know a lot of songs right now is how I feel about yeah, Jesus kind uh -huh. of thing. Yeah. The other thing about Ron that that I think we need to go back and start doing, and I understand why it never really popped off is he uses multiple instruments. He mm. has a string section. Mm -hmm. He had a percussion session. Yeah. He had a acoustic session. He mm -hmm. had the electric, you know, he had the bad, bad to the bone bass player, mm -hmm. the drum, you know. So he had a whole thing. Now, the average American church can't do yeah, that. Yeah, they don't have that. They yeah. can't do that. But what if we were to prioritize his presence and wanted to see an indigenous sound come where we as a church started to make programs and started to raise some money mm -hmm. so that people could just play outside of a guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, what's easy to do is, is, is the average church in America has an acoustic, has a keyboard and mm -hmm. a drummer. Yeah. You know, so a lot of those worship songs that are three chords that were simple actually minister to more churches in America than let's say what Ron Dud did. But what I appreciated a lot of those guys is he tapped into the indigenous sound. Mm -hmm. So some of his songs on the album sound Caribbean. Yeah. You know, some of them songs on the album sounded a little salsa. Yeah. But they were always led by people that mm -hmm. were indoctrinated by the sound yeah. to release it. And that yeah. one was the beauty and the power. Yeah. I think that some of the things in the worship movement that concerned me is it just feels like you have to be an indie hipster mm -hmm. kind of a worship yeah, leader, uh -huh, play your yeah. acoustic guitar, learn three chords uh -huh. or whatever, and then go for that. And if that's it, then that's fine. Yeah. As long as you're singing unto the Lord. But yeah. I think we could, should be challenged that, first of all, if the church doesn't get the creativity that God is pouring out, the world yes. will. Yes. So that's why yes. that's why the world Ooh. can write a Despacito song. Uh-huh. Yeah. And four point. Two billion people exactly. see it. Exactly. If we don't get our church, if we don't get ourselves, you know, in that, and I feel uh -huh. like one of the things that the, that the church has to do is we've got to stop losing the creativity, sons and daughters of the church that will leave the church and be recognized in Hollywood, and will get yes. the Grammys, and will get the Emmys, exactly. and will get you know all the awards mm -hmm. uh, out there for singing their perverse song. And when yeah. they get their awards, who are they thinking? God, mm -hmm. yeah, and other testimony. Mm -hmm. Eight out of ten times is I was raised up in the church and blah yep. blah blah uh -huh. this and all this yep. other stuff. You know, the the, the reality is we we kind of got to stop losing some of these people f to the world. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. It's a, it's ironic you bring that up because in '97, mm -hmm. I I I basically um, I said to God, I said, God, I'm tired of the whack music that I'm hearing in the church, yeah. and I said. Why is it that people in the world are doing better music than we do? We're learning, we're serving the creator, but yet our music sounds like it's always behind them and it always sounds worse than theirs. Why? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't understand that. And so I made this pact or what well, I don't know what you want to call it. It was just like a like I just made a statement to God. I was like, listen, 
until because this was actually the time when Wu Tang came out with Forever, and I was like, yo, that album was off the chain, and I was like, listen. I am not going to stop listening to music like this until you come out with artists that are yeah. as good as or better than them. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm tired of the whack stuff in the yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like God started to introduce me to certain people. Yeah. And certain people started to come up, certain rappers and all that. And um, so, yeah, it's just ironic how all that started happening, man. It's like, um, but I really believe that, um, you know, it is a cry sometimes uh-huh. of a few people. Yeah. Where they're like crying out to God, yeah. praying, asking God for certain things to happen. Mm-hmm. They're asking God to move in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then God starts to send the answer. Yeah. And it's like it starts to break through Absolutely. slowly, but it starts to happen, Absolutely. man. And I believe now that we're actually in the season where the manifestation of our prayers is really starting to be seen. Where we prayed for certain things 20 years ago, yeah. and now it's like starting to really be, you know, answered and manifested. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and again, I mean, that's what the Lord is doing because we're praying for certain stuff mm-hmm. like that. And because music is, is a powerful tool. You know, mm-hmm. in all of that, I think you need to know that the enemy knows music. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. and, and that music can be very arrogant oriented. You know, yeah. you have to be careful. I think some of the things that we talked about, I, I remember uh, when hip hop changed from uh, uh, Tribe Called Quest, which I loved forever. Yes. And it was all about the party. It was yeah. all about dancing. And it was mm-hmm. all about, in a sense, yeah, okay, they were songs about girls. Yeah. But then it transferred into now violence yeah, and uh-huh. being hard and yeah. being aggressive and yeah. being in charge and, mm-hmm. you know, confident, you know, fatherless children acting yeah. confident and then acting like fools with the money. Yeah. And so, again, you had to be a little weary of it. You know, for me, Biggie uh-huh. Smalls was one It was one of my exactly, favorite rappers. Right? I don't mm. I don't listen to the music as much anymore yeah. other than when it comes on the radio or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't listen to it a lot because it does remind me of, of a Chris that I wasn't exactly. proud of. Yeah. But you know, back so and, and, and it is power, but I remember mm-hmm. being a little heavy set myself. Mm-hmm. Biggie made it cool for big people to to have swag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But again, when I became a believer, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? I became a new creation. Yeah, exactly. And I think Seeing what they that was happening, I think you're right. Us praying perpetuated and moved some things to able to see right now with Lecrae what he's doing yeah, and, and one one six and Andy. I think is ten times better. And here's the other thing: our our I mean, it's almost like we needed to go through what we went through in the '90s and the '80s mm-hmm. because we started to pray and, and for them to be culture changers, yes. and they are. Yes, you know, and I think that's yes. what I'm proud of. And that couldn't have happened unless uh-huh. we went through those dry seasons <laughs> exactly. and just being like, "Yo, what is this? <laughs> like, this is not gonna get it thumping yeah. in here." You know what yeah. I'm saying? And 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 again, that that's just the the, the how the Lord, you know, he, he gives us. A burden, and, and we pray for it, and we, we see it come to fruition. That's why right now I want to be vocal with all purity in my heart, mm-hmm. with no malice, no mm-hmm. no offense or anything, and be like, we need to start to see another worship movement start to rise in this country that releases the indigenous sounds yes. of black Latinos, mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. Asian, yeah. you know, diverse, uh, multi generational kind of stuff. 
because I think the stage is being set. Mm -hmm. uh, the issues with Monopoly, mm -hmm. I mean, if you could look at it right now, the issues even like how boring uh, it is even in the NFL to see the New England Patriots mm -hmm. constantly in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, after right. a while, you just kind of be like, you know, I remember by the fifth championship that the Bulls had with mm -hmm. Chicago, I remember just being like, it would be good. It would be cool to kind of see the Knicks. Yeah. Uh -huh. It would be cool. I mean, I, I hated the Knicks. Yeah. But after a while, I was like, man, you know, the Bulls just own them. Yeah. <laughs> you uh -huh. know, it would have been cool to see something different, um, yeah. uh, you know, kind of happen. You kind of like that. Like right now, I think... You know, with the Warriors, you're kind of just like, Ugh, see them again? Come on, Lord. Like, we, I'd love to see somebody else get it. Someone mm -hmm. new, someone fresh, a new testimony, mm -hmm. a new breakthrough that a yeah. player got. And and I think that's the, that's the thing right now is there's a lot of monopolies in the worship movements. And you're kind of just like, they're awesome, they're cool, but mm -hmm. it'd be nice to get a song from someone no one's ever heard of that just crying out for four or five years in their in their bedroom and God elevated mm. them from their bedroom to to have a, a sound being yeah. released that was authentic and I think there's mm. a lot of other like worship leaders that I listen to that are more underground and not yeah. as popular that I love, you mm. know. But I'm I'm kinda ready for the stage to be set. Yeah. And I do believe it's gonna happen amongst black and Latinos. Mm -hmm. uh, it needs to. Yeah. You know I what agree. I'm saying? And and it but it needs to be a unifying sound. Yeah, exactly. That calls people together and, mm -hmm. and has an intentionality. Yeah. And doesn't try to teach workshops of sounding like you know, I think that's what we did. We tried to yeah. do, we do we did worship shop, shops that sound the same, the same. and you're yeah. like, uh, nah man, there's we too have much flavors. Exactly. It's like, you know, you 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 marinate your chicken yeah, that uh, way, but we got some seasonings uh, over no, here. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't we don't really put some stuff in it, but I think all in all there's so much excitement, like I said before, mm. and regardless of all the things that we've talked about, the hope um, of glory is Jesus. Exactly. And and I, I, I'm so excited that we're able to have a show like this. You're able to emcee it and moderate it, and you have some amazing guests. I started to see on your on Instagram some of the people that you're having. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to Bill and Tracy yeah, Vanderbush. Is a, uh -huh. I'm excited about that. And again, I think the overall thing is let's be the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Let's be the body of Christ. You know, the Lord is so anointed that he has a place for me to eat and get nourishment at the table of my enemies. Yeah. And sometimes I don't feel like I have a table seated in any movements yeah. because they are predominantly white. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I hate white people. Yeah. I'm just saying, invite me mm -hmm. over Let's mm -hmm. be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Invite my sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's different things, different stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. But you have to get the heart to be intentional, to hasten the coming of Christ by building a unified bride. And I, I think agree. that's what I want to see happen. So, you know, that leads me to this last thing I want to ask. Um, so as far as what you're seeing for your future, what God is doing in your life, where he's taking you. What what is that looking like for you, man? Man, it's, it makes me uncomfortable. But one, I, I do believe that even though I resigned as a youth pastor, now I'm a family pastor. Um, I've been a youth pastor for 16 years, working in youth ministry for 25 years. Um, I feel like my thing is now families. I think we have to start to teach parents uh, how to raise teenagers, um, how to invite them to the table, uh, how to stop demonizing teenagers. Mm -hmm. And that's across 
all you know cultures yeah. and backgrounds and all that so i have a passion for that i think our roar, roars uh our regional services is hitting the northeast it's going to start to spread um and i do feel that god's going to elevate us to be a part of the solution uh and mm -hmm. and not just the talk of yeah. racial reconciliation yes. um um uh, and I'm uncomfortable with some of the platforms the Lord's giving me, but again, it comes from a place of fearing the Lord. Mm -hmm. I still don't want to, what I won't do is I won't put my family on, on the altars of revival and mm -hmm. sacrifice them so that I could see what I'm going to see. You know, I, I do believe that, that that's my primary goal. I'm raising teenagers right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. And, and again, like I said, I'm excited for uh, Living Word International Christian Church, what God's doing here. We're going to make this in the next four to five years, really start gearing this place into being more apostolic. Um, I'm excited that we're going to be able to feed, you know, in a sense, the spiritual food to the region and, and bring in some amazing people that we're in relationship with that people might not know. So, but I think ultimately the Lord has called us to build bridges uh, and to love people and to pastor ignorance and, and to work on not being offended and, and, and to sit at a table of relationship. You know, and I, and I think that's what's happening is it, love wins. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be love. Yeah, and and that's what that's what stokes my heart. You know, I I you know my dream is to see every young person in the world told they are loved. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that's what I see in the future, man. I'm I'm excited working alongside with my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, and and she is a. Uh, been just growing, uh, you know, just loving on children. She's the children's pastor here, and, and we're just dreaming of continuing to be that stable place for our sons and daughters because we have amazing sons and daughters. Yeah. Shout out. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, we are so proud of them. They're amazing worshipers and preachers and evangelists and, and prophetic people uh, that, that can prophesy and read your mail. And so we, we like, hey, we also want to be there for them mm -hmm. um, to say, hey, you, you know, porch light is always on. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's important because um, the truth of the matter is, you know, I, I want to sit at a table of legacy one day when I'm, you know, in my 70s and, and, yeah. I, and I can be like, wow, Lord, thank you for now the generational blessings that I see because I was able to go and provide an inheritance for my children's children. Hmm. And yeah. I think that's where we start to see uh, the church just start to grow. Uh, in, in that legacy, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited. I, I mean, I think the future is me seeing my son do his exploits. Mm. <laughs> uh, my daughter yeah. do her exploits, you know? And, yeah. and, and I, I love it. I think the most relaxing thing for me right now is Saturday afternoons watching my kids play sports mm. and understanding that I'm building revival by doing that, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a full loaded question, man. Yeah. I hope you got what you want. Nah, it was good, man. So, um, um, as far as like uh, social media, how people yeah. can get in touch with you, let them know. Yeah, listen, on Facebook, on Instagram, it's the, T-H-E, Roar, R-O-A-R-D, as in dog, M-V. And it's one word all together. Follow us there to see our when we're posting our regional services. We're having them now in Virginia, in mm -hmm. Maryland, and in northern Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're quarterly, so they're not... All on one month. They're all spread apart, mm -hmm. like maybe once a month. It's looking okay. like right now. Uh, Chris Petrot, P is in Paul, A-U, T is in Tom, R-A, T is in Tom. I'm the only one on Facebook. <laughs> uh, look, look me up. You know, I, I, I uh, try to be lighthearted. At times, I try to just uh, be uh, very, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, 
funny and mm -hmm. uh, you know vulnerable at times. I, you know, but uh, follow me. Uh, I still I think I'm gonna have to do a like page because I'm, I'm over my friends list. Yeah. So, um, but anyway. You know, those are the ways that you could see us. There's also the Jersey, New Jersey Roar, uh, or the Roar New Jersey on Facebook, and that's uh, T H E R O A R and then N J, you know, for New Jersey. So, see what we're doing out there if you guys are out there. But again, the Lord is moving. Uh, we have a Roar Youth Conference July 18th through the 21st wow. in New Jersey. Nice. We're expecting about three to four hundred young people from the area mm. to come out. So, we're God's on the move, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, man, thank you again for being with me today. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And um, like like we said earlier, man, this has been a long time coming. Yeah. And um, I really am appreciative of being able to um, know you, be friends yeah. with you, and, and that I'm looking forward to building with you more, man. Amen. So, you, man. Um, again, this is the New Numa Godcast, and... You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, New Numa, P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A. And if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, it's Norm the Professor. And um, definitely uh, looking forward to your comments. Like and share. Make sure you uh, follow us on all those platforms so you can keep in the loop. Thank you again. Peace.